Hey, everybody. Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, we're talking my favorite subject, marriage, how to launch a marriage, how to maintain good traditions to keep your marriage healthy, and have you ever wondered why guys don't wear an engagement ring? We're talking all of this after the news on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon. I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio News. Oklahoma prosecutors have charged two teenage boys with first-degree murder in the random killing of an Australian baseball player. He was jogging on a tree-lined road in Oklahoma community of Duncan. A third teenager was charged with being an accessory to the murder. Officers say that he was shot in what police described as a thrill killing. They say that one of the defendants told officers that they were bored, so they shot Lane for the fun of it. The judge who's now deciding on a sentence for a former Army intelligence analyst, Bradley Manning, said that her decision could come as soon as tomorrow morning. She began her deliberations this morning after a court-martial at Fort Meade. Manning could get up to 90 years in prison for leaking documents to WikiLeaks, including Iraq and Afghanistan battlefield reports and State Department diplomatic cables. U.S. officials say that some elements of U.S. economic and military aid to Egypt could be suspended. The decision will come after the National Security Council discussion today that's being attended by Secretary of State John Kerry. The $1.5 billion in annual aid to Egypt has been put at risk by the crackdown by Egyptian military authorities on supporters of the ousted President Mohamed Morsi. In world news, Israel's chief negotiator says her country will make a dramatic decision to reach a final peace agreement that will end the conflict with the Palestinians. She's warning that the hawks inside the government are making her job more difficult, though. Her remarks came as senior Palestinian officials said that Israeli and Palestinian negotiators would meet today for their second round of talks. And the driver of the train that derailed in Spain last month, killing 79 people, is no longer the only suspect in the case. A judge who's investigating the crash wants to question whoever's responsible for rail security in the area. The driver has admitted that he was going too fast, and he's being charged with multiple counts of negligent homicide. But they're also looking for others at fault. And that's the news. I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side, and welcome to the program. It's going to be a good one today. Uh, I think we are going to be targeting a very specific group of people that you may have known or met or seen some of these people over the last three months. Now, I don't know if you know this, but some of the biggest marriage months, the months where most people are likely to get married, guess what months they are? Anybody want to guess? Huh? 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 May and August. Okay. Any others? June. Good. Any others? July. Good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was, actually, I, was, I was actually asking you. When are those dates? May, June, July, August. Well, if my Facebook is any indication, it's, you know, it's got to be Always. the summer months. People are getting married. Apparently, they like to get married when it's warm, and then they like to mess up the holiday season. Now then they like to take a bunch of pictures now at first. Did you hear that? Marriage. <laughs> um, that was Rob. That's the greatest sound effect that we've ever it's created. It's what brings <laughs> us together today. Marriage. Have you been to a wedding lately? No. Why? Because there's too many of them. You just get invited. You don't want to get a gift. 
Well, I don't want to get a gift, and also in Utah they don't really get you food at the weddings. They just serve you like a slice of cake, and I can get a slice of cake anywhere. I want like a roast beef dinner. So whoa, you can get a roast beef dinner anywhere, um, but for free <laughs> okay. at a wedding. Now we are talking because people they're not here to get you a dinner. They're here to celebrate them. We're here. We want. We go to the wedding to celebrate them. It's a tradition. Marriage. <laughs> Thank you. There's Rob just talking, just yapping. Tons of tradition around weddings, right? And my favorite is this is the coolest. And I'm going to we, – we've got Katie here. Katie Jarvis is going to explain a few things to us. My favorite tradition, Katie, when a bride and a groom shove cake in each other's noses <laughs> and then they hork it out. Love that. They just, they just snot rocket it? Is that the equivalent? Is that what you – I don't like I think that. that's what – what do they call that on like the baseball field when you just – you know? Yeah, I think they call it gross. It's, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> but it's better when a bride does it. <laughs> better or yeah. more memorable. Traditions. The groom kind of becomes the bad guy in that situation because if she smears it in his face, it's like, yeah. But then that's if he great. smears it in her face, it's like, yeah. oh, no, the dress. Yeah. Isn't that so, – see, that, again, that's not fair. Yeah. She should have a bib. She put a bib on. You need she a bride should, bib. They should both have bibs. Bride bib. Equality in all things. <laughs> Every bride needs a bib. Right? They just need no, a we have big ties. poncho. That's true. You need a bride poncho. Like <laughs> a big <laughs> plastic tarp. <laughs> like at SeaWorld with the, the splash yeah, zone. Splash zone. The cake zone. The put cake on your poncho. Zone. I think, see, that's that's just one tradition. There's a lot of weird traditions. Like the garter is a weird tradition mm-hmm. at a wedding, right? I mean, yeah. that's weird. I mean, yeah. I get it. I get what they're doing. But, you know, it's weird. I've had Kids a lot are of, around. I've had a lot of my friends be like, no way am I doing the garter. Yeah. And then other... Other people that I know are like, well, yeah, it's what you do at a wedding. Did they do like three really garters? So they like they loved it so much they had three on. <laughs> yeah, no, so no woman wants to wear three garters. <laughs> it's just a bad sign. Um, but the other thing is, and then they flip the garter. That never seems to work out. Then there's this weird moment at a wedding where they're like, okay, single ladies, who all like nonchalantly, okay, here we go. They're gonna throw the bouquet, and they try to act like they don't want it until it, the bouquet leaves the hands of the bride. Then you War see zone. the scariest group of women you've ever met like, who are fighting to get that silly little – and then it always lands in you know, the one that was getting married next anyway, right in her hands. Uh, and then the other ladies are like, I can't stand Stacy. The last wedding I was at, I was in that bouquet toss group. And Didn't you dive? You dove. High heels were snapping. Blood was flowing. <laughs> and the bouquet hit me in the face. Oh, and I did was you just catch like, it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You would you catch yeah. with your mouth? <laughs> it just actually kind of hurt, and yeah. like half the flowers broke off and you on lost my an face. Eye. That's bad. <laughs> but then you act all, everyone acts all cool, like no big deal. That's like, good, good job, Katie. Good job. And they're like, I hate Katie. <laughs> Katie's a jerk. Did you see? Because you position yourself. So there are some other traditions about getting married and weddings that you have some issues with. I do. What? I So the engagement ring and the engagement process has been intriguing me a lot lately. Now, it why? Is... Are you getting engaged? <laughs> Neighborly. Are we making some news here? <laughs> no, you no. You did catch the bouquet. <laughs> no, Matt. Okay. No. No, Just but checking. it is the season. It is the engagement slash wedding season, yeah. and it seems like... It's like popcorn. You know, everyone is just like, poo, 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 just getting engaged and getting married all over the place. It's like an (laughs) epidemic, you know? It's like like a breakout. (laughs) It's like a plague. (laughs) 
problem. Yeah, popcorn's uh, a better metaphor. <laughs> the, the plague of popcorn. I mean, not everyone likes popcorn, but like yeah. no one likes plague. No, no very few plague. people that have reported they like the plague. <laughs> it's sad. Uh, okay, so you don't. So what about engagements? That what is it? That's the problem. It seems like a beautiful experience. The well, guy goes and he goes into debt. <laughs> beautiful. Uh, yeah. Yes, that and debt. Buys his lovely lady a ring. So the issues that I have with it, I think, stem mainly from the tradition of it. Yes. I think actually, I don't have a problem with it. I hope to get an engagement ring someday. But I, I, I guess the problem comes is where women are wearing the engagement rings and men yes. are not. Yes. That's where the tricky part comes in for me. But you know what? If a guy tried to wear her engagement ring, it wouldn't fit. <laughs> that is true. But there's sizing available. Okay. So you're <laughs> saying the, it's kind of one-sided because he's like putting her on a shelf. Nobody mess with her because she's got my ring on. But you're saying he's not wearing a ring. Yeah, it's a little bit of a claiming thing. Yeah. It's like if you see a ring on somebody's finger, you either assume they're married or they're going to be married. So no touchy. Right. Yeah. With a man, right. they have no outward sign at all that they are right. engaged. And it has happened to people that I know mm-hmm. that they start dating and get involved with a man. He ends up having been engaged the entire time. It's alarming. It's disturbing. They're players. They're not the Seriously. norm. But it happens. Well, why aren't you ladies giving us a ring to wear? Or like a stamp. Stamp us. Put a stamp on our forehead. Tribal tattoo. Yeah. Like like layaway. Just put layaway on our No, actually, the tribal tattoo is probably the best way to get other women to stay far away. (laughs) Get a tribal tattoo. Oh, that's just bad. A neck tattoo. That's one way to keep it. So you've actually seen, because he wasn't wearing a ring, but maybe he was just an infidel anyway. I mean, so the ring he would have been, he would have had problems either way, but overall, obviously. But if it were more of a tradition in our culture for both parties to wear a sign mm-hmm. that I'm going to get married, maybe it wouldn't have he wouldn't have been able to fool unsuspecting yes. women. Who knows? He could have taken it off anyway. But I just think there's a little discrepancy in that yeah. claiming process. Yeah. You are claimed. The other thing uh-huh. that kind of bothers me is originally it was a betrothal thing. Mm-hmm. It was a man giving a sum of money or sheaves of wheat yeah. for hmm, or a cow. that one. I want that one of your daughters. Yeah. It was more of a like a, a buy much, off. Exactly. It was a buy off. It was a transaction. But, yes, a business <laughs> transaction. Um, we we need to get back to that. Very little. Sense. Where you could buy your wife for a, three cows. All right. Well, don't you think, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just saying that would Matt. simplify the process. That's kind of why that's enticing. Then you wouldn't have I to mean, date. I mean, it's dehumanizing. Like, I'll take number four. Well, by that token, are you in favor of arranged marriages then, Brad? Yes. Uh, actually, statistically, I, I have to be. 60% <laughs> of the marriages on this earth are arranged. Malice. And he just said it again. <laughs> again, Colonel Rob, Sanders Rob piping has, in. Rob has this like, smug look on his face like, I waited and I found the moment. <laughs> that, that actually is Rob's voice. And... Um, <laughs> He just whenever we talk marriage, it gets all quiet. He can only say one word. Malice. There it is again. <laughs> so, um, but it's true. So most marriages are arranged. And having just married off my daughter, I would like arranged marriages because <laughs> it seems to be a cool thing from from a parent's point of view. Well, they're from a different era. They're from an era where marriage wasn't a a love thing. Right. They're from an era where marriage was a societal and economic thing. Yeah. Which by that same. Token. By that same token, there will be more successful because people are not entering into it expecting to be happy. Yes. They are entering See, in, that into it. that messes it up. Yes. Low expectations. 
and, and, a secret to a happy well, marriage. And your assumption is in an arranged marriage is that we'll just make it work. We'll just work right. and make a joint relationship. I don't relationship. like you anyway, so yeah. now that we're partners, Well, actually, apparently in a real arranged marriage, you still meet your partner and your family still takes your advice. They don't want to give you the worst person on earth. Well, in an ideal situation. Yeah. And I mean, the arranged marriages that take place today um, – mainly in other countries, yeah. are far more collaborative right. like that. But back to engagement. Okay. So it started off as kind of a betrothal thing. Right. And then it became more of an investment holding thing. So we're like <laughs> making a down payment. Exactly. Which is, I'm going to put this huge sum of money into a sparkler for your finger and you finger are going to put yourself on the ice and you're going to be just for me. And originally engagements, uh, earlier in history, engagements were for much longer, um, especially during the early 1900s. It yeah. could be like a 10-year affair. Whoa. It was crazy. That's messed up. Yes. and Well, that's also- why you needed a sparkler. <laughs> You'd have to find her. She'd be all over yeah. the place. It's really interesting. I also read an article earlier that said that um, the engagement ring – in most in most of the United States, an engagement ring is considered a conditional gift. Oh, so it's conditional legally. Yeah, based so, upon the transaction being accomplished. Exactly. So if it's broken, generally the rule of thumb goes: if the man breaks the engagement, the girl gets to keep the ring. Mm. But if the girl breaks the engagement, or outward circumstances make the engagement not happen, then the ring is given back. To oh, the man. See, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, that's really so good to know. Supposedly, that's the etiquette. For well, it. but see, the ring's a big deal because the ring's a huge investment. So, I anything you want to do to minimize my investment as a guy to have to marry you, let's do it. <laughs> if you want, let's get rid of the rings. Let's just—I got an idea. Band aids. We each wear a band aid <laughs> or cars. I think we should each well, buy each other a new but car. Cars are expensive. Yeah, band aids. Uh, you can just exchange them out every I mean, day. I mean, if we're going for you know usefulness, car definitely more useful than rings. Yeah. What about band aids? Band aids. What's more useful <laughs> but, than a band aid? But then again, band aid isn't useful it. at all. I know, but those only last like three days. So you'd be constantly switching yeah. those days. You need the little plastic ones from vending machines that have yes. like spiders on them. Oh, cute. Oh. See, I'm an advocate of the ring pop. Then you can but get see, your daily you caloric intake as well as yeah, but you and just keep, gingivitis. <laughs> yeah, and gingivitis. Gum disease. But you would just keep going through the rings. You need something permanent-ish. I mean – It's been considered why in America do we invest on diamonds when a simple little – not to go back to tattoos, but literally you could just get a little band tattooed on your ring finger yeah. and you'd be claimed. But then you couldn't remove it. Well, and how do you hand that down to the kids? You know, the heirloom finger is not great. You just can't take your finger off. Hey, who got grandma's finger? It could be a stencil. You can get a stencil. Yeah, see, it's there's you want to hand it down. It's a but this bugs you. It does. Since you're a little torqued. Well, being a being a a feminist myself, it, it goes along with the other points of. Mr. is always the same. You will be called Mr. your entire life. But a girl changes from Miss to Mrs. Mm -hmm. You can always go by Ms. You can go by Ms. It's true. Ms. Frizzle. You can go by Lay Miz. Very ambiguous. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a different thing. Lay Miz is a different thing, right? Uh, Well, that's miserable. But, I mean, if we're talking marriage, not necessarily different. Lay marriage. Well, no. Marriages, they're not miserable. Not always. No. So... (laughs) 
They're beautiful <laughs> gifts from heaven. That's giving me the stop discouraging people from getting marriage. Marriage is good, but you're like you're sitting here saying, not only do you you're the only one wearing the ring, you're the only one put on the shelf, you're the only one that we bought, mm-hmm. hypothetically, and you've got to change your your prefix. Your what do they call it? Prefix. Prefix, as well as your last name. So yes. See, not that's only will you change from Miss to Mrs., you will become Mrs. Blank. Yeah. Of whatever. His last name is, which interesting. is interesting. The name still changes. Mm-hmm. And also, it's still mostly on like documents or in courtroom settings just, sometimes. Just in legal settings. Yeah. They'll say Mrs. the man's first name and the man's last name. Yes. So like Mrs. Jeff Walters. It uh, still refers yeah, to- Yeah, you've lost your identity. You have now been no, absorbed. There is no part of that name That's that true. was originally yours. That's true. Like Zero. My grandma used to get mail, Mrs. Frank Sanders. Really? I think she'd sign checks that way too. Mrs. Frank Sanders. And yeah. her name, and she's, but her name's not Frank. Well, that was the awkward part. Her name was Frank. No, I'm just <laughs> no, but uh, but I, I always thought that was kind of weird as a kid growing up in the yeah. know, 80s and 90s. I thought, well, why, why would she do that? Weird. Isn't that interesting? But see, these are traditions we don't think about. Except now you're hyphenating. There's a lot of hyphenating names, mm-hmm. right? But. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still changing everything. Yeah. It's a big deal. And there is a big push, mostly by the jewelry industry, for man engagement oh, rings. Oh, hey, let's do it. <laughs> I just think what you ought to do, we ought to just get rid of rings altogether and give you a ball of twine. And you just tie a ball of twine, uh, just keep cutting a little few inches off and just keep tying the knot. To Isn't that finger. what they did on uh, Count of Monte Cristo? That's tying the knot. <laughs> tying the knot. Boom. Literally. <laughs> See, that – I think that's great because I think – and you don't, ladies. Come on. Come on. You don't want to just have some flashy piece of jewelry that's branded you as taken. You'd rather just have a little tattoo on your finger. <laughs> well, let's not that diss dulls the with eyes, age. okay, because diamonds are a thing of beauty. But oh. here's the thing is that it can be, it can be dual-sided. There was oh, totally. a study recently that said that – of the men asked, 17% said they would be open to wearing an engagement ring. So then my question is, why aren't we? I think it's because the ladies don't want to pay for it. It's possible, but they end up buying a, a ring anyway when they're married. I bet, yeah. For the man. So I think we just haven't pushed it mainstream. We're going to push it mainstream. <laughs> I, I think it's great. But I think what we ought to do, honestly, is just get rid of all of the costs of weddings. <laughs> When you finally say you're getting married, get the ball of twine, tie some knots, boom, get married. But then what about the cake shoving? You can shove cake Mm. later. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. We're talking how to launch successfully your marriage. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. The Cassini Probe unveils a mystery in the sandy craters of Titan. This is Innovation Now bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. When is a moon totally unmoon-like? When it's Titan, one of the moons of Saturn. Titan is huge, about twice as big as Earth's moon. It's the only moon in our solar system we know of that has an atmosphere. And what an atmosphere it is. A smoggy orange haze of hydrocarbons that rains liquid methane into tarry lakes of primitive gasoline. The surface geology isn't what you'd expect either. It seems there's been a lot of erosion filling in the terrain, so craters are scarce. But is it erosion filling in the craters, or something more exotic? Between radar surveys and information from the Cassini-Huygens probe, 
The Cassini team at NASA Goddard thinks that methane in the atmosphere rains down, infuses particles of dust into a sandy material that gathers into the craters. That stuff should evaporate away, revealing the craters, but the NASA team theorizes that Titan might somehow be renewing its methane supply. Since methane's a greenhouse gas, how it's produced and regulated is of keen interest for understanding our own climate and not turning it into one like Titans. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Did you leave BYU without a degree? I'm thankful for the Bachelor of General Studies program because as I chose the life that I wanted to live, being a full-time mom, staying at home, and raising my children, it just gave me hope that I could still finish my goal, but at the same time I could still be fulfilling my responsibilities as a wife and a mother while still being able to take university courses. Go online to bgs.byu.edu to see if you qualify to finish at home what you started at BYU, Bachelor of General Studies. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking uh, marriage. You know, tis the season. All these couples are out getting married. And uh, we thought today we'd do a show on how to create a really successful launch of your marriage. So what are some rules? What are some ideas that you feel are key, core principles to uh, making a marriage last? You know, we want our marriages to last longer than our wedding bouquet, Right. And, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of been working that idea. We'd love to hear your ideas. If you have some ideas for us about some principles that you think are key to making a marriage last, we'd love to take your calls. Or if you have just questions about your own marriage uh, and anything that, that uh, you think might add to the show, give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We'll be taking your calls all the way through the program. But before we move on, we're going to our own Bryce Tobin, a guy in the seat uh, not married, no, at least not to my knowledge. Did you want to make a petition to find somebody out in the listening audience, maybe to marry? Um, actually, yes, sure, that sounds good. If you have, do you want to, if if anyone has a daughter, <laughs> a friend, a sister, how tall are you, Bryce? I'm six two, so that's six foot two, strong, muscly, strongest man, witty. Oh, the wit. And likes to rant every once in a while, but he'll never do it at home. He only rants for us on the radio. Only, if you pay me, I will rant. What's this rant about? This is about all those little little hurdles you jump while you're in a relationship. Let's rant about the hurdles. Does this ring a bell? Say you don't need no diamond ring, and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that. Tell me that you want those kind of things that money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. For money can't buy me love. There's a lot of truth to what Mr. McCartney had to say about the material versus immaterial. And ultimately, I think he was trying to get at the fact that love transcends everything else. Well, I don't think he was... Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce's Right. Does this ring a bell? Say you don't need no diamond ring, and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want those kind of things that money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money, for money can't buy me love. There's a lot of truth to what Mr. McCartney had to say about the material versus immaterial. And ultimately, I think he was trying to get at the fact that love transcends everything else. 
Well, I don't think he was wrong, but I do think he's being a bit idealistic. Love is pretty cool, but the reality is it won't pay the bills and it won't soften our transitions. Isn't it wonderful when people fall in love? Sometimes it's a little too gushy for my taste, but it's fun to watch and then lean over to the person next to you and say, they just have no idea. And then you both have a chuckle knowing what happens on down the line. To be frank, love is easy when you don't live with each other and the only thing you really share is time that you've pre-selected for that very purpose. I know you just love each other so much, but if you're going to spend your lives together, things are going to change. And unless you get ready for them, this whole life-sharing plan is going to get really inconvenient really fast. So I'm going to tell you about two transitions I've had to make that love really didn't seem to help with. So you know when you start dating someone and you're nervous about what to do next or moving forward too fast, and and this makes a normally calm and collected person turn into a neurotic mess? As stressful as this is, I do find this part to be pretty fun. So there you and your date are, sitting next to each other, watching something. You look down and there her hand is. It's out there, there's nothing in it, so you send your own hand over there and pow! She's totally cool with you holding her hand. The gamble was a success. Cue the adrenaline rush and mental fireworks. We've made a breakthrough, people. Now, normally something like this is the tipping point for the physicality of a relationship. After this, it's all downhill into hugging, cuddling, kissing, and so forth. But there I was holding this girl's hand, and then I found out she has sweaty palms. Nobody gets sweaty palms in the movies. We moved forward in the relationship. We made an important transition. And ten minutes later, I was filled with regret. And it doesn't help that my body temperature is normally somewhere around 130 degrees. So the sweating only kept getting worse. But we love each other. Everything should be easy from here on out. Nope. I ended up carrying a hanky with me everywhere. Or what about meeting their family? This is also a mess because family doesn't actually care about you being happy. They just care about you getting married. And I'm using the scientific definition of happy, which includes things like life satisfaction and fewer negative events over the course of your life. Not our extended families smiling in a family Christmas card definition of happy. So when I show up, grandma is using her questionable signs to determine my virility, which is always weird every time. There's the normal how quickly can you become rich interrogation from dad, which is rather run of the mill and utterly uninteresting. Interesting, and then peppered about the encounter are questions about my family's medical history. But from here, there is no going back. You have been weighed, you have been measured, and let's be real, you've probably been found wanting. But it's okay because we love each other and that'll make her family okay with me, right? Right? Whether you decide to make these transitions fast or delay them a little, you need to prepare for these things. Palms will get sweaty, they will listen to weird music, they'll run up a huge water bill spending hours in the shower, and once you are made aware of these things, they can never be unknown. And if you aren't ready to deal with it, then maybe you aren't cut out for love just yet. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. That was a really good point. All of it. Thank you, man. Sweaty palms was a little weird. Hey, that was, hey, you didn't have to deal with it. Grandma testing virility is even weirder. <laughs> that was weird. But anyway, um, here's the thing. You, your point is basically, hey, once you make the transition, you're going to learn new stuff. You're either in or you're out. You can't be contingently in depending on what you learn. You got to be in, sweaty palms or not. Is right. That what you're saying you had, like, you had to be had to be worth it. Sweaty palms cannot deter you. No. Plus, it's just a hydration problem. I, th- I thought it was a heating issue. Who knows? Well, no, you're right. If if she was completely and totally dehydrated all the time, no sweaty palms. Yeah. She'd be yeah. And she'd have other problems, but no sweaty palms. She wouldn't talk much. Yeah. But um, I I think it's a pretty cool little idea there. Transitions, normal. Get used to them. Life's going to transition. All marriage really is, is it's a big transition. Now, there's a lot you can find out, but you'll never know everything. 
You'll never know. How's she going to handle the third child? Does she want three children? You're not, you can't know everything because things change. You with me? I'm absolutely there with you. Are you with me? Love isn't all it takes. Love isn't. And by the way, I love that you were quoting a song. Was it an Elvis song? Is that? That's Beatles. Oh, Beatles. That's right. Yeah, I forgot. I, I heard it twice because we had a little mistake there. But um, no big deal. It was a transition. And we're just dealing and with it. And we all, all over the place. <laughs> we're talking how to launch your marriage. Not how to like eject it and jettison it. But how to prepare yourself, your family, your kids for a healthier, happier marriage. How to be able to stick it through and uh, not stick it to. How to stick through these tough times that might come up. How to make your first few years of marriage actually work. We're going to be bringing on Ashley Slater, who's going to be joining us. She's a writer on smartmarriageright.com or startmarriageright.com. She'll be joining us after the break. We're coming back. Give us some ideas. We'd love to hear from you. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Give us a call and let us know what was the key to your success for your first few years of marriage. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is The Matt Townsend Show. There is so much going on in the world that sometimes it's good just to sit back, relax, and think about life. Relevance is something we make or discover or invent. Relevance is probably completely up to us. The people of the past are dead and gone, but to call them irrelevant is our decision and probably a very poor one. Thinking Aloud, weeknights at 8.30 Eastern, only on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio News. Oklahoma prosecutors have charged two teenage boys with first-degree murder in the random killing of an Australian baseball player as he was jogging on a road in Oklahoma. Officers say that 22-year-old Christopher Lane was shot dead in what police described as a thrill killing. They say one of the 17-year-old defendants told officers that the teenagers were bored and they shot Lane for the fun of it. The judge who's now deciding on a sentence for former Army intelligence analyst Bradley Manning has said that her decision could come as early as tomorrow morning. Manning could get up to 90 years in prison for leaking documents to WikiLeaks, including Iraq and Afghanistan battlefield reports and State Department diplomatic cables. Sergeant Robert Bales has already admitted killing 16 Afghan villagers last year, and the only thing left to determine is his sentence. But it has been decided that he won't be facing the death penalty. Jury selection in his sentence hearing begins today in Washington state. Several survivors of the massacre and relatives of the dead plan to testify. In world news, authorities are bracing for flood chaos in outlying provinces today, even as waters recede in Manila and the Philippines. Some of the heaviest rains submerged more than half of the capital city. Thousands of residents along Manila's overflowing rivers have been evacuated, and at least eight people have died so far. And more than 100 suspected asylum seekers have been rescued after their boat sank in the Indian Ocean. The boat sank about 140 miles north of Christmas Island. That's where Australia operates a detention camp for asylum seekers. An Australian Navy ship hurried to rescue them after they received a call for help. The search and rescue effort continues, but it's unclear if anyone is currently missing. And that's the news. I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Today we're talking probably my favorite subject, uh, marriage. And it's not because I'm great at it, quite honestly. Just ask my wife. Um, but I, I, you know, it's core to our society. It's core to, I think, uh, raising healthy, strong people. It's tried, it's tested, and it can work. And it can probably work even better than most of us uh, let it work. A lot of us, um, we just, again, in our family, my daughter got married a few months ago. And you spend a lot of time getting ready for the launch, okay? But you don't spend a lot of time for what's going to happen after they've launched. What would happen if we focused more on the first few years of our marriage and how we were going to make decisions and communicate instead of just only focusing on how many guests we're going to have and if we're going to serve um, chocolate mints or whatnot? Blah. In the end, uh, we want to create a, a healthier, smarter marriage, which is the goal of the show today. And today we are bringing on um, Ashley Slater. Ashley is a writer with almost 20 years of experience. She has a master's in communications from uh, Regent University. She's a regular contributor on the website Start Marriage Right. She's currently writing a book for couples in their first 10 years of marriage. It explores ways that they can approach and live out mar- uh, marriage as a team. Ashley and her husband, Ted, have been married over a decade, are the parents of four kids, and currently live in the Atlanta area. You can find out more about Ashley and uh, and you know some of the her writings and, and the things she's authored at startmarriageright.com or at ashleyslater.com. Ashley, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great to have you. And so you're 10 years into this wonderful journey of yes, marriage. we are. We are. And, you know, it has been, it's had its ups and downs. Oh, yeah. But honestly, I think it gets better. Do you? Because so yeah, many people complain I, like, oh, the ball and chain. And don't you I think know, that I that's mean, just not that's just not a good attitude? No, that's not helpful. And I think a lot of it boils down to your attitude. Right. Too. And, um, yeah. Yeah. But, and your partner's attitude. Exactly. I mean, it, I think as we've worked through things, we've gotten stronger. Yeah. We've gotten better. Do you remember, Ashley, when you got married and you knew you knew this guy was incredible, and you would you knew there was nothing he could ever do to let you down. Right. Do you, do you remember yeah. when that kind of disappeared, and you're like, "What the heck? This guy's messed up." You remember that yeah, moment? Yeah, and it, yeah, it's kind of funny because we kind of prepared for marriage with this idea that okay, you're not perfect, I'm not perfect, we will disappoint each other. Right. But I think even when you bring that attitude into marriage, you still have in the back of your mind, no, 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 we're going to be the exception. Yeah, we're, it, the, we're different. You know, we're different. You know, my spouse is it's pretty near perfect, even if I have been told they're not perfect. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, there's that shock of realizing, oh, wait a minute, we're not different. He he's he's a lot because I thought they'd be so much different than their parents, but he's a lot like his parents. It's and it sneaks yeah. up on you because you you call it the newlywed fog, don't you? Um, I did not coin that term, but it's a good term. It's a great yeah. term, and it's it's uh, it, it seems like some of us that fog lasts a little longer. I call it um, yearning. It's that chemical love where, ooh. Everything they do is just, oh, my heaven. It's not perfect because no one's perfect, but it's darn near perfect. And you know, 
it's going to be great. Um, yeah. And then yeah, we're... that fades. That chemistry just kind of inherently fades. And, and I think that's why people give, you know, weddings and marriage such a such a you know such a low mark at times is that it's going to fade, but it doesn't fade into just like a the baton death march. It's it just fades into life. It's life can be good. Yeah, and I think if we try to bring our expectations down to, okay, just because I'm getting married doesn't mean that life is no longer stressful. Right. Um, then we can face it a little more realistically, but just because we're facing it realistically doesn't mean we're not hopeful. I think that's the big thing, is you face marriage realistically, but you have hope. Yeah. And what, what do you? Because that's that's a really cool distinction. You can be realistic. It's going to get hard, and we're not going to be. Everything's not going to be perfect. So let's not even pretend to make it perfect. But it's going to be good, is what you're saying. There's going to be a peaceful hope to it. Yes, and I think even we need to look at okay, these conflicts that we're going to face in our first year and throughout the years, they're not necessarily bad. We right. need to look at conflict as something that's good because it's going to help improve our relationship. It's going to help us with future issues. Um, And I think that makes a big difference. When we first got married, I saw conflict as bad, and my husband saw conflict as good. Mm. So we had to get to the point where I didn't run away from it, but instead said, okay, I can see how working through this is good for us. Let's try that, even if it's uncomfortable. Well, and in fact, the research bears that out, right, that... Uh, your problem in your marriage isn't the fact you have conflict. It's kind of like you're saying, how you see the conflict and then what you actually do. I mean, it's inevitable. You're going to run into some conflict in how you sleep and what you eat and how you spend in some of your habits and patterns. I mean, eventually you're going to run into differences. It's You're saying, though, those differences don't have to be divisive and painful necessarily. They're just – they're opportunities. Right. Right. And my husband and I, in our first year of marriage, um, when we got married, he had a very flexible work schedule. Like, his employer didn't care if he came in, like, at noon, as long as he got all his work done. Wow, yeah. So he was, yeah, he was used to, as a single guy, he loves to sleep in. (laughs) He was used to sleeping in, going to work at, like, 10, and coming home at, like, 8. And there wasn't anything, like, necessarily wrong with that when he was single. Right. But once we got married, I had more of a regular work schedule. I was also in grad school, so I was working, like, 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. and doing classes. And I just thought, okay, like, 6 p.m., we'll eat dinner together, because that's what my family did when I grew up. Right. And in the mornings, all he was thinking about is, oh, this bed is comfortable. He was not thinking, ooh, I should be home in time to eat dinner with my wife. Right. Um. So that caused some conflict in the beginning, just just our schedule. I mean, something as simple as a schedule. And we had to come to a place where um, instead of fighting about it and instead of me insisting, you know, you need to change, finding a balance. Yeah. What about, um, this is my favorite line, um, if you love me, you, you would have known that you needed to get yes. up early and go. And it's, I mean, hey, true. Yeah. If you love somebody, well, you know what they're thinking. You just automatically, I know, you know, I brought that originally to our marriage, you know, that's just assuming that he would know what I needed from him. Right. Um, But it didn't take me too long to realize, you know what, my husband appreciates direct communication. (laughs) So 
I need to just tell him, hey, this is what I need from you. I mean, I remember my first birth- my first birthday, or not my first birthday, my birthday in our first year of marriage. Yeah. He forgot it. Oh, boy. And it's oh, sad. boy. It's the midst of a hurricane. And Ted, Ted. Instead Ted. of me saying, hey, Ted, it's my birthday today. Do you remember that? I said, hey, can we, like, go to dinner somewhere? And he was like, well, why? Is it, like, a special occasion or something? Oh, Ted. Which just complicated it. I ended up having a birthday week. But <laughs> if I had just gotten up that morning and said, hey, it's my birthday, yay. Yay, um, yeah. We could have avoided, we could have avoided all of that. So I've learned to be direct with him, and we avoid a lot of conflict because he can't read my mind. I mean, we don't even think the same. See that's that you seems know. to be what the fog does to us. It's like it's it like inebri- we're inebriated and we get we're kind of all messed up cuz we think it's going to be like cuz when you were dating, Ted treated every day like a birthday, didn't he? Ted just you were the queen and Ted wanted to get up early just to be with you and stay up late to be with you and and he did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see then when you're married, you know, we're not drinking the Kool-Aid. The love potion right. as much, and and that chemistry starts to fade. But what you're saying is, if you don't actually communicate, you're going to just kind of start having conflict versus communication, and 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 the conflict, if you just kind of let that go naturally, it's just going to divide us. Yeah. Isn't that? It's I mean, it's universal, isn't it, Ashley? Mm-hmm. And Ted and I both come from a communication background as far as our education. Oh, see, that makes and it Ted worse, like, quite honestly. Well, yeah, he says, you know, I did not study communication because I'm really good at it. I studied it because I needed to improve in it. That's great. So, I mean, even with our background of communication, we still struggle mm-hmm. at times. Oh, yeah. You know, miscommunication. Like, we've had to learn not to just assume we know what the other person means, but instead say... So what I hear you saying is this, and yeah. we back what we hear so that we can clarify, and that avoids um, conflict sometimes. I, I, I love yeah, that. That's time to clarify. Yeah, and that, that's how you kind of bounce stuff off of each other. Because another thing it seems like that you're doing is um, you're clarifying not just kind of the communication, but the expectation. There's some weird expectations based on how we were raised, like Ted thought he'd actually get to sleep in as long as he wants. Yeah. My, my wife my wife had an expectation. She thought Saturdays were for cleaning. Oh, <laughs> so fun. Yeah. It's so silly. And I thought Saturdays were for football. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That never was a problem when we were dating because on Saturdays, I don't know, she was home cleaning and I was home watching football. And then when we got married, we actually were home together, and then it got really ugly. She actually vacuumed in front of me while I was watching football, and I had to lift my feet up for her. And she got really mad right then. Right then. It's, it, it, she didn't care till I kind of leaned around so I could see the TV and lifted my feet up. Then she started banging the furniture with the vacuum. And I think that's where we started communicating about it. Is yeah. That, is that normal? I think so. I think sometimes you let things kind of simmer under the surface, mm-hmm. especially when you're newly married, because you're still, you still want to present your best self. Yeah. I mean, you can't as much because you're under the same roof all the time. And I don't know anyone who can like hold it all together all the time. Right. Um, 
but sometimes I think simmer, at least me, I let it simmer for a while until it gets to the point where it erupts. And yeah. then it's worse than if I had just brought it up in the first place. And done so in maybe in a firming manner, like instead of just saying, well, you always do this. Right. Instead of, you know, like with the sleeping in, I could say, you know, I'm, Ted, I know you love to sleep in. I know that you've got a lot of pressure at work and it helps you relax. And, you know, I, I understand why you like to sleep in, but I feel like it's, it's hurting our relationship. Is yeah. there a way that, that we can kind of find a balance? Because I love to spend time with you. It's that whole, you know, communication sandwich. Love you give it. Them some praise, and then you throw your, your criticism in, and then you give them praise again. And then you don't put the other person on, on the defensive. Instead, they're hearing, you know, I love you, I love you, let's make this work. Yeah, and positive and more positive. We're talking with Ashley Slater. Um, she's she's a, a blogger. If you go to Start Marriage Right, she's a regular contributor on that website, startmarriageright.com, or go to her own uh, blog, ashleyslater.com, and um, she's got a ton of great ideas. Ashley, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'd love you to start uh, teaching us some habits. What are the habits that we, you know, we should be kind of teaching our kids. If you're out there and you're about to get married, these are the habits we should be working on. We'd also love to get some calls from you. What were the things you learned in your first year of marriage that everybody needs to learn? We'd love to hear your ideas. Give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. If you give us a call and you get on the show, we'll give you a book from one of our past guests, and uh, they'll give you some um, just a free book just for giving us your ideas. We're trying to learn how to uh, launch our marriages, our first year of marriage, make them more successful, maybe get some more ideas for the rest of us that have been married for a while. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Self-healing materials of the future could mimic the human blood clotting process. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. One of the growing areas of interest in material science is in self-healing materials, materials that repair themselves automatically when damaged. This is not new. Self-sealing gas tanks and tires are the grandfathers of this idea. But we can go farther now with electronic circuits which carry capsules of conductive fluid that could heal broken connections or paint finishes on cars that fill in their own scratches. While studying the processes of nature and self-healing materials, MIT learned how blood clots form and then disappear. Your blood contains clot-forming materials all the time, and scientists thought that, like a cement mixer or slush drink machine, it was fast motion that kept clots from forming. But it turns out that's exactly backwards. A special long-chain molecule in blood plasma acts like a rolled-up piece of adhesive tape in slow flow. When an injury makes blood flow fast, this sticky roll unwinds and starts tangling up platelets to form the clot. NASA is interested in learning more about research such as this for things like spacesuits that can heal after a puncture from a sharp rock or meteoroid hit. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Why not get your business involved as a sponsor of Cougar Sports on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and BYUTVSports.com. For details, call 801-422-1448 or email corporate support at BYU.edu. On the Tantara Hour, Ron Simpson shares with us the music that is important to him. How about songs that stop my life for at least an hour? I've got a lot of them. 
from vastly different time periods and situations in my life. The Tantara Hour on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about launching your marriage. Yeah, not like not tossing it, right? Not disposing of it. But uh, it seems like when we, you know, when we inaugurate a ship, we 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 got to make sure we launch it properly. And so marriage is like a ship, and we're gonna try to get it out in the water. Make sure make sure we actually get it out of the harbor and and get it going. And a lot of us, I think, spend more time worried about the dress. The rings, the everything else, um, the festivities, instead of worrying about how we're going to make that first year work. Some of the research shows that the um, the incident, the, the, the year you're most likely to lose the marriage is that first year. It's where it's going to be the most dangerous. That first year is the one where we tend to have the most divorces. And so our uh, a great guest we've asked to join us, Ashley Slater is with us. She's a writer with almost 20 years of experience. She has a master's degree in communication from Regent University. She's a regular contributor at the website startmarriageright.com. She's currently writing a book for couples in their first 10 years of marriage, which explores the ways that they can approach and live out marriage as a team. Man, imagine that. We get really the idea of teamwork down in our first year of marriage. Ashley and her husband, Ted, uh, they've been married for over a decade. They're the parents of four kids. They currently live in the Atlanta area. Ashley, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. It's it's fun to be here. It's fun. I mean, this is a fun topic, I think, because so many people out there driving uh, relate to it, which is why I've been asking for them to call in with their ideas. What are the keys I'm asking uh, to make this launch of a marriage successful? What do you wish you had known out there in listener land um, that, that really would have mattered? If you've got any ideas, give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. And, or if you have a question for Ashley, um, if you're a newly uh, engaged or newly married couple or anybody that just wants to share some advice with all of us, we'll put you on the phone. And, of course, we'll give you a book from one of our past uh, guests as well if you make it on the show. one eight five five chat byu Okay, Ashley, so fill us in. What are the – if we're going to start marriage right, what's, uh, what, what do you think we need to have in the toolbox? Well, I think team mentality. Um, approaching this idea of, you know, when you walk down that aisle, you might be a me. Yeah. But when you come back, I guess you walk up, but when you come back down, you're an us. You're part of an us. You're part of a team. Now you're a team. And, yeah, and good teams, they work together. They have unity. They have, you know, common goals that they're working toward together. And that doesn't mean that couples have to have all the same goals. I'm talking, like, the big goals, like... You know, they want to make their marriage work. They want to stay faithful to each other. They want to have a family. And you can have different small goals as right. long as they don't interfere or conflict with your main goals that you have together. And I think they also have to realize that they, you both have to be active participants. Like, if Ted is putting 110% into our marriage and I'm putting in 25 it's not going to work. Right. We both have to be putting in that 110% because we want to see it work. Um, and then I think that commitment, just being committed, that even when it gets hard, we're in this together. 
we're going to make it through this, even when it's hard. We've had a few years um, in the last five years where we had, like, two layoffs. We had four moves. We had a miscarriage all within two years. Wow. And realizing that, you know what, no matter what we face, we're going to face it together and we're going to stick it out. That got us through that. That's a huge Um, point because I I noticed just in my own coaching business with couples that – um, a lot of people think, you know, that they're kind of the bomb, like they're incredible because, you know, we, we just, we've always gotten along and there really haven't been any problems. And then all of a sudden two layoffs and a miscarriage and a big financial debacle and yeah. then it's game on you. Cause you, and so if anyone's out there and they're thinking, yeah, we're married, you know, it's good. We made it through the first 10 years. How hard could the next 10 be? But these are good things to be asking yourself. What, what does the marriage commitment mean? It's always ironic to me that we, we use words like um, through, through thick and thin, through sickness and in health. So and when we're all caught up in the yummy, yummy fog of newlywed marriage, we, um, we always think of the thick. Yeah, or the thin. I guess it's the thick. Through the through the we always think of the good times and we always think of when we're going, you know, it's going to be good and it'll get thin a little bit. And it'll, da, da, da. in the end, though, um, you don't know really how strong your marriage is till you've kind of gone what through through what you just went through. Right. Yeah. It kind of show. I mean, it shows you what it's made of. And I think that we spent a lot of time before we got married. I mean, we weren't we didn't date and weren't we were not only dated like four months and were engaged four months. So we had a fast um, dating relationship. But we spent a lot of that time really focusing on building our friendship with one another, mm. which I think was really important because in those, those tough times when, frankly, we're not feeling the love for each other, we're thinking, wait a minute, why is he acting like this? Why is he angry over this? Or yeah. why isn't he sad about this as I am? We go back to that okay, we have this base of friendship. We respect each other. We're, we're going to give each other some space and some grace, and um, we'll get through this together because we're friends, too. Yeah. I mean, think of that. You don't divorce friends. I mean, real friends, you just, you just stick with them. And even if they're not right. doing what is healthy and good, you just go talk real to them. You're not like, man, Stacy. it's not you, it's me, but I guess we're going to have to no longer be friends. And I mean, if you really have a real friend, it's forever. And, and you can actually that, – that's what I'm finding in um, just my own life is that sometimes sometimes your partner may not always pull their share, right? And, mm-hmm. and then I, it used to make me mad because I think you know relationships should be reciprocal. They should pull. And then I find that sometimes um, they can't pull, they're sick. Like I'm assuming when your husband's lost two jobs and his career he feels like is tanking, him pulling is maybe going to be hard in that moment. And that may be where you stepped in in a different way. And so to me it seems like the benefit of a relationship, like a team you're talking about, is that when I really am too weak to pull my full ability, I'll try, but I've got you and you'll pull and – and vice versa. Yeah, and I think that, you know, being an active participant yeah. have times when you can't pull. And I know that when we went through our miscarriage, I mean, men and women tend to approach grief differently right. as it is. Um, 
but I don't, he didn't feel it to the intensity that I did. And at the time, I remember being a little frustrated with that, yeah. you know, wanting him to feel it as strongly as I did. But as I look back, I see that he gave me a gift by being the steady one when I couldn't be steady. Uh-huh. I mean, if he had fallen apart at the same time I fell apart, oh, that'd be a mess. it would have been a lot more difficult. And right. then when he... When he lost, went through the two layoffs, I was at a point where I was a little stronger, and so I could be the strong one. He went through the emotions of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost like you know, the balance would kind of tilt back and forth, but we were committed to sticking together, so we went with it and, yeah. um, and so worked through it. That's And that is, that's, I think, how nature, how God intended these relationships to be. It's kind of, um, I always am amazed, like nature doesn't try to create balance every day. You know, like right now, it's 99 degrees in Utah. That's really out of balance. But in the middle of the winter, when it's like 20, that's Mm -hmm. out of balance. And yet, um, yeah. so nature tries to balance itself over time, which is funny because when you're, when a lot of times when we're judging our relationship, we're judging it in a given day or 20 or in a really bad season when he can't even keep a job. But the reality is, um, let's judge it over 10 seasons. Let's judge it over 20 right. or 30 seasons. And then you start to see how there's inherent balance over time. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps too, you know, for people who are in that first year and they have those moments where they're like, wait a minute, you know, I'm not even sure I like my spouse today. Yeah. To, in that moment, don't focus on that. Instead, right. go to, okay, why did I fall in love with this person in the first place? And think back over some of those reasons. And I even like to, I love to keep wedding pictures or honeymoon pictures or pictures of like, important moments or memorable moments around yeah. the house because seeing those reminds me when I might have a day where I'm like, you know, Ted is just annoying me today. <laughs> and then I see one of those pictures and I'm like, oh, but, you know, at one point I found some of this behavior charming. Yeah, this used and to be I cute. Myself, yeah, yeah. And so it reminds me um, in the midst of, you know, daily life and little annoyances. Yeah why I fell in love with him in the first place. Love it. And it beats just looking at the insurance and saying, well, if he died, he'd be worth $2 million. That's where my wife goes sometimes. I love what he used to be, but he's worth a lot more dead. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. We're talking with a great guest. Um, our great friend Ashley Slater is joining us from the website Start Marriage Right. Uh, we're going to come back, give you some more ideas. We'd love to hear from you. one eight five five chat byu one eight five five chat byu What do you think are the keys every couple must have in their first few years of marriage? What are the principles you try to follow? This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. I think that we need to draw these connections every single day. Get your day started off on the right foot. The Morning Show with Marcus Smith. Weekdays on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. Good afternoon. I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio News. 
Officials say that some elements of U.S. economic and military aid to Egypt could be suspended. The decision will come after a National Security Council discussion today that is going to include Secretary of State John Kerry. The $1.5 billion in annual U.S. aid to Egypt has been put at risk by the crackdown on by the Egyptian military on protesters that are wanting President Mohamed Morsi back. And wildfires are burning in Oregon, Idaho, and Montana, and they're helping to push the national firefighting spending past $1 billion for the year. Two central Idaho wildfires are the country's top priorities right now. The Breaver Creek Fire has forced the evacuation of 1,250 homes in the resort area of Ketchum and Sun Valley. Four dozen fires are burning uncontained around the country currently, and the fire center says it doesn't have the resources to fill the requests for crews and equipment. The judge who's now deciding the sentence for former Army intelligence analyst Bradley Manning has said her decision could come as soon as tomorrow morning. Manning could get up to 90 years in prison for leaking documents to WikiLeaks, including Iraq and Afghanistan battlefield reports and State Department diplomatic cables. In world news, more than 100 suspected asylum seekers have been rescued after their boat sank in the Indian Ocean. The boat sank about 140 miles north of Christmas Island, where Australia operates a detention camp for asylum seekers. An Australian Navy ship hurried to the scene when they received a call for help. The search and rescue effort continues, but it's unclear if anyone is missing yet. And authorities are bracing for flood chaos in outlying provinces today, even as waters recede in Manila. Some of the Philippines' heaviest rains submerged more than half of the capital. Thousands of residents have been evacuated, and at least eight people have died so far. And that's the news. I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Today, we are taking on the launch of the marriage. Some people have a failure to launch when we send them out in their cute little couple uh, as, a, as a married couple. And they just, you know, it's like a beautiful inaugural uh cruise and we just send them out and then all of a sudden you just watch their ship just sink right in the harbor. Our goal on the show today is to give you some tools, some um, ideas for how to make sure that uh, the people you love are ready to go get married. So if you're a mom or a dad or a grandma, there's some great uh, information we're getting from our guest. Also, we're, uh, we're trying to do what we can to get you as our listeners to call in with give us the great advice. What did grandma sit you down and teach you that you have found out many years later was a great key to success? We want to hear your ideas. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Just call in. Give us your little uh, bits of wisdom, your little bits of advice, the things you wish you had known uh, that first year of marriage. Also, we, if you have any questions for our guest, Ashley Slater, who will be joining us in a few minutes, I'm sure she'd love to take that as well. But before we do anything else, we have some late-breaking news. Yeah, I, I got Sanders. a tip last night really? of some big breaking news. What? It's not national, world, state, or even local. Is it, oh, it's not even local. What is it, is it? I don't know. Well, in fact, I would say anybody listening in their car right now, frankly, won't care. But I do, and wow. so I'm going to tell you anyway. 
Oh boy! In fact, I wouldn't even brought it up except our topic today is you know knowledge. So I just had to. <laughs> there you are again. Hung out with my brother last yes. night, and uh, he and his girlfriend have been helping me fix my clothes up and look a little bit more Make hip. You look hip. They sat there politely while I try. They had me try on a bunch of shirts. I followed them back up to their house. Went are they the bunch- ones that got you wearing all these chains? Mm-hmm. Well, chains like all the gold, the bling. Oh, the the Mr. T stuff. That was more me. Okay, but because uh, I'm just thinking, yeah, I'd say a little less bling, but whatever they're doing seems to be working. They sat there politely while I was self-absorbed with myself, and finally, my brother says, "Take a look at Allison's watch." And I go, "That's a nice watch." Take a look at her watch. Look at her watch, dude. Look at her finger. <laughs> She's engaged. Mm-hmm. They're engaged. To my brother. My little brother. Oh, my heavens. Knowledge. Did you cry? No, but talking about it, 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 it was it was exactly that scene out of uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Where, remember Jimmy Stewart's character? He's there at the train station. Little brother comes home with the fiance. Yeah. And... He just stands there for a sec, and then he extends his hand like, well, uh, uh, nice to meet you. Well, what am I doing? Nice <laughs> to meet you. And he gives her a big hug. And yeah. So, so that was me. It took about a minute to warm up and realize that, what so was going is, on. Yeah. In, when's the date? Is there a date? Uh, TBA. TBA. Sometime between now and next summer. Great. Well, congratulations. What's their names again? Richard, my brother. Richard, the brother. And Allison. Richard and Allison. Wow. Happy engagement. It still hasn't sunk in. I feel like I'm going to get off the air and then get a phone call going, what are you making up about us? But it's out. It, it's sinks, out. it sinks in at some it's point. Out. You know? And to Richard and Alice, what's her name? Allison. Allison. Uh, and to Richard and Allison, congratulations. Good luck. And one more thing. Can you just back him down on some of the bling? Because uh, he's wearing a lot of gold. He actually jingles when he I, walks I, I the just halls. like the A-team a lot. Well. And Mr. T is my favorite <laughs> character on there. <laughs> yeah. You know, Rob, you can pull it off. It's, it's, it, it matches my hair. It totally does. And those huge arms, your biceps. I pity the fool makes fun of my arms. Uh-huh. And that big muscle wrestling shirt you wear. Um, well, good stuff. Congratulations to them. That is great news. Let's go back to our guest. Let's see if Ashley's got some advice for your brother and sister-in-law-to-be. Ashley Slater's joining us. She's a writer with almost 20 years of experience. Ashley has a master's in communication from Regent University. She's a regular contributor at startmarriageright.com. Great website. You really need to go check it out. If you've got kids getting married, grandkids, uh, friends, neighbors, have them go to that website, Start Marriage Right. And you can also go to AshleySlater.com, Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. She, that's so complicated. But um, Ashley, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks, Matt. You really made your name. You didn't make your name hard. Your parents did. And for a while, I would have teachers try to call me Alicia and all kinds of different things. <laughs> yeah. But now I see other people with it spelled. No, it's, it's, a, it's a very normal way of spelling it. It's just, you know, spelling it's hard. And I was in yeah. the spelling bee. <laughs> nice. So, Ashley, fill us in. What are some more habits that, uh, that couples need as we launch these relationships like, and let me give you a, 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 an example, okay? We talked a little bit about when that Twitter-pated love fades, you know, the love that makes them all gooey and make they think everything's going to be perfect. What, what, do, what are they supposed to do when that fades? 
And they're like left looking at each other like, are you serious? Do not tell me you just did that. Did you just do that? And what do we do right there? I think first, for me, I mean, I have to realize, you know what? Marriage is not just about how I feel. It's not just about how I feel in this moment. It's a commitment that I made. And yes, there are going to be ups and downs. And so you kind of have to write it out. And like I said earlier, go back to, okay, that's annoying right now, but what do I love about this person? What good qualities do I see them doing today? Yeah. Like, are, is he working hard to help us pay our bills? Um, for me, does he put the kids to bed at night? Um, just the little things. I think a big thing is I choose to focus. If we choose instead to focus on those things that that bother us, but to focus on the things that are good, the things that they're doing well, and and in the areas where maybe they're not changing as quickly as we'd like them to, like some bad habit, like sleeping in. Yeah, I did. If we focus on okay. Let's look at the progress that he's making. He didn't sleep till 10 today. He got up at 9. Yeah. That's progress. Yeah. You know, focusing, focusing on progress, because none of us are perfect. Our spouses are not going to reach perfection in an area. So just give perfection up and focus on progress and focus on the good things. Well, I mean, because when you look at that, what's your alternative? I guess you can keep focusing on the negative, which you'll keep feeling negative, You'll keep bringing up the negative, and it seems like all you'll get is negative. So, I mean, in the end, you can really only get your partner to do so much. So if if they're not going to change and get up earlier because it's just healthier for the family, um, right. what other choice do you have but to focus on the positive? <laughs> okay, well, at least he gets up, you know. He, yeah. goes, he goes to work, and he's – Yeah. I mean, in the end, it's almost like we uh, – because some people would sit there and say, oh, yeah, just be positive that they're a jerk. Well, in the end, what other choices do you have? You you can, yeah, being, you know. Yeah, and being positive doesn't mean you don't discuss the issue. Right, and try to change stuff. You don't stuff. bring it up and try to change it, but it yeah. means you have a good attitude as you're doing it. And, and if I, if I can see that you get when I'm doing a good job, I'll probably be more interested in doing a better job. But if all I ever get is that you don't ever see when I do something better then, yeah. okay, here we go. Well, if you feel like, I mean, if I felt like Ted gave, then what incentive do I have to keep trying to change? If he right. gave up on me, this person who's supposed to be the closest to me, then why should I care? Yeah. You know, and I think another thing is having a realistic view of ourselves. I mean, I'm not perfect. And if I remember, hey, I'm not perfect, and I leave clothes all over the closet floor, like piles of them, mm-hmm. which I need to clean my closet now. But um, if I remember I do things like that, then I can look at the things he does and go, okay, well, I bet my habits annoy him as much as his annoy me. So let's both have grace for each other and both try to change. I love of one of us feeling like I'm better than you. You you keep bringing up grace, and I love it. Um, you can, you even earlier said giving some space and some grace. So grace, you know, kind of a it's a spiritual approach, really. What, yeah. Explain what you mean by that. Grace is recognizing um, your own failures, and not in a depressing kind of way, but looking at yourself and going, "Okay, I'm not perfect," 
And, I mean, for me personally, I God has given me a lot of grace in my imperfection. Yeah. And, you know, if He, if God can give me grace in my imperfection, then who am I not to give grace to my spouse in their imperfection? Right. And grace to me is, is kindness. You know, you, you realize they're not perfect, but you're kind to them as they're trying to change. You have patience with them, um, and you, you aren't constantly focusing on the negative. Instead, you are looking for ways to affirm them and do what you can do to help them change, too, mm-hmm. as well as changing yourself. Well, and you're finally living, you know, your religion. You're living love. You're not just... I mean, how many times do we see people nitpicking each other to death, all the negative things we're pointing out, and then we're yelling at each other to get to church, and then we ignore each other the drive there because your husband's making you late, and then you get right. there, and now you're sitting on the pew, and there's no grace, there's no peace, there's no spirit, but we're at church. Right. It's, it's, there, there's got to be a different spirit to, to really making a team of a marriage work. And that spirit seems to be grace, kindness, love. And that, I mean, that has been a defining character of our marriage from the beginning, is just trying to extend each other grace. Yeah. Um, and Ted thanks me constantly, you know, thank you that you're so gracious with me. Um, because I think he's harder on himself than I am on him. Well, which is probably what happens if you know you're if you've got someone you're living with that has grace that's giving you grace because no one can be harder than we can, but um, right. all of a sudden if you're the if you're not showing me that then you become my enemy and then I can take all of my guilt and just use it to beat you up instead of but if if you're not beating me up then I'll have to just right. use that to work on myself. Right. Yeah, and I found that I have to be affirming with him because he's thinking, oh, wait, I failed here and here and here. And unless I'm telling him, hey, you know, great job. Yeah. He doesn't know that I'm I'm thinking those things unless I tell him. Right. In fact, talk about that. How do you bring up? So, like, let's say in the back of your head you're thinking, is is she going to keep eating the chips mm-hmm. that loud because she's a real yeah. loud chip eater i've never i've never noticed how loud she eats the chips um yeah how do i bring that up without sounding petty i mean i guess i could notice yeah but she eats her noodles really quiet um, that's the positive spin but how do i bring up a real issue without blowing it up without seeming like a nag which is what we hear a lot how do we bring up stuff like that I think there, it depends on the couple. Like for Ted and me, we joke a lot. So he can make a joke about it yeah. in a lighthearted kind of way. And I would take it okay um, <laughs> because I know that he loves me and I know the spirit it's coming yeah. from. And I would take it as a cue of, okay, I'm eating my chips too loud. I'm just going to um, turn the volume up on the television because I can't overhear over your <laughs> chip eating. Yeah. Exactly. But I also think, you know, something like eating chips loudly, yeah. It's annoying, but is it something worth picking a battle? Is it is it worth? Is this the war? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, sometimes you have to pick your battles, and sometimes you have to go. Okay, is this really about their habit or is it about me? Like I have this issue. I don't like male 
on the counter where I prepare food because mail is dirty. Dirty mail, totally right. Yeah. But Ted doesn't care. Um, and Ted. so for a while I would be like, don't put the mail there. No, that's my pet peeve. Don't do that. Yeah. And he would forget and he'd do it. And I had to come to the point where I was like, you know what? I can just move the mail myself and let this go because this is not something worth picking a fight about. Yeah. So I think you have to decide, is the, are the chips the issue that I'm going to pick a fight about right now? Is it really, how is my spouse going to take it? I think you have to examine it in the context of your relationship. Yeah. That's great advice. And and, it, and in the end, um, if, if you can soften over the mail, I mean, you can still ask mm-hmm. them, hey, babe, again, can we just move the mail there, bud? Right. Um, it, it changed. The cool thing about what you're saying is it changes you. It's you. Instead of me trying to get him to change, I can work on me and my reaction to the mail and my reaction to just moving it. That that's all in my ability to fix it. I don't need him to change right. always. Right. And I think too often we make it about the other person when it's really about us. Yeah. We're not. We go to them first, yeah. rather than going to us and going, okay, what is going on in my heart right now? Is this? Is this really something I should be upset about, or can I let this go? And I think a lot of conflict can be avoided if we decide, you know what, it's not worth it. I'd rather have peace in our relationship. And that's not burying things. You yeah. don't want to bury things. Right. you still got to talk about stuff. But in the right. end, when you've done all you can do, I guess you just work on what you can do. You know? If he still puts mail there, I mean, I guess you could go have the – go get a P.O. box so all the mail goes to the P.O. box. Um better. Yeah. Let's well, see. And again, it, it seems so petty, but really that's what I notice when couples bring their issues into me. Um, it's It really is a lot of our biggest arguments are just these petty little arguments. Mm-hmm. T- tell us as we wrap this up, we have about a, about a minute and a half, two minutes. Let me know what's, if you had to say one thing, what's the one thing that you say makes the biggest difference on creating a marriage that's a team and on launching a marriage successfully? I would say grace. I really do think um, having a realistic view of ourselves helps us have a realistic view of our spouse in a way that um, we can offer them kindness and patience when they don't meet those expectations. Um, grace is just, it's been key in my marriage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and think about it. It um it's because most of the time when, you know, these marriages were – it's interesting that, that we're taking place and we're performing these ceremonies in religious settings. So there's usually a connection to the right and the passage of uh, to some connection to spiritual things. And um, so why wouldn't – you know, if you're taking a spiritual approach to the marriage, you know, usually that would be invoking a higher power like grace. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. that's really the key is getting getting the grace not just in your marriage because you got married in a church or a temple or a synagogue or you but getting it in your marriage when you show grace because he left the mail on the table. Right. It's huge. Right. Yeah. Ashley Slater, you the bomb. Thanks, Matt. You did great. Um, anybody that uh, that really wants to go get some enlightenment about how to launch the marriage, go to her website, AshleySlater.com, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H, Slater.com. Also, you can go check out StartMarriageRight.com and get more great information from our wonderful guest, Ashley Slater. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We'll be back right here on BYU Radio. 
future Mars rovers look like gigantic tumbleweeds? We'll take a look. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Boxy rovers with multiple wheels or tank treads are what people usually imagine for a practical Mars exploration rover. But numerous scientists and engineers are looking at some far-out alternatives. One idea is a rover that would be blown around the Martian surface by winds for years. While its path might be random, a tumbleweed rover doesn't need the weight and complexity of a drive system, making it affordable to send many more rovers to cover wider areas on Mars. But Mars has a thin atmosphere, it's only as thick as Earth's. If you were flying at 100,000 feet, would winds even be strong enough to move a tumbleweed rover on Mars? Two professors from North Carolina State University, supported by a NASA grant, have built a computer model to simulate tumbleweed rovers in Mars-like conditions. A Martian tumbleweed would need to be a ball at least 6 meters across to move well and not get stuck by small rocks. One of the next steps is picking materials and techniques for making such a rover. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Eric Dottle is a professional artist who travels the world painting pictures. It is a place I enjoyed, and I've been there several times and love it. Then he comes back and shares travel tips, trivia, and history about the places he's visited. You mentioned the base seasoning. They, that is a big deal. That's the only place you can get it, and they put it on everything. Tune in to BYU Radio on weeknights at 9 Eastern for Traveling with Eric Dottle. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping it up. We've been talking about launching your relationship, your marriage, making sure you have the tools, the keys to launch the marriage in a way that, you know, the, 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 the actual cruise and the ship will, will hold water. We uh, have also just talked to Ashley Slater, so appreciate her. We're now going to go to our own um, Colonel Rob Sanders, uh, who's been following the news, Rob. Marriage, love, and divorce in the news. And we start off with a celebrity marriage. A rap star who you probably don't know or care to know who married his longtime girlfriend earlier this year. A quiet, intimate ceremony with close friends and family. Well, they've changed their mind. They're getting married again. Although they're already legally married and none of that would change, it would be a big ceremony with lots of pomp and circumstance. And by that, I mean they're throwing a big, expensive party. Speaking of big and expensive... Is the cost of marriage with keeping you or someone you know out? Calmness for the Washington Post seems to think so. She writes that researchers are concluding middle-income families do have the money to maintain the intimacy of marriage by paying for therapy, horses, college, and gyms to stay happy together, while working-class families can't afford that and can't afford to be married. You know, my grandparents were working-class, and all they did was go for a walk every night. That's still free. Walk and talk? I mean, unless you live in a terrifying neighborhood. But what about my generation? Data shows millennials are putting off marriage. The marriage rate in this country is 31.1. That means out of 1,000 unmarried women, 31 get married. By comparison, in 1920, 92 unmarried women out of that 1,000 would get married in a given year. And the average age for a first marriage for a woman is 27 years old, the highest it's been in a century. 
So what, are people under 35 just giving up on marriage? Nope. You talk to this columnist from the Huffington Post, and she wonders why all her friends are getting married like it's going out of style. A married couple are running against each other in an election, which kind of sounds like a lose-lose deal no matter who wins. Somebody, you know. Now, the couple do say that they rarely talk politics at home, so maybe that's what's going to save this marriage. But talk about a marriage that can't be saved. Back in the 80s, this couple wanted a marriage that would stand the test of time, and they got about 10 years out of it. They filed for divorce in 1996 and have been divorcing ever since because he's a law professor and she's a law professor. They filed 1,400 entries into the court. They've had the police called to each other's workplaces. They've both fought and lost custody of their children. And they have 28 other lawsuits against one another, dragging this divorce out for over 17 years. Now, this divorce wasn't quite so long. Tony Braxton splitting from her ex-husband in July. That was finalized. Must be on her mind because her new album is called Love, Marriage, and Divorce. Don't you find it a bit ironic, though, that she's most famous for this? foreshadowing there a columnist for an Australian newspaper says men should boycott marriage because now men are expected to not only have a job but help with the kids and help with the housework gone are the days when he could be king of the castle he says this is shown in mainstream media where men are always depicted as bumbling ignoramuses so between 17-year divorces and anti-male stereotypes, it's not just the men who are a little bit skittish on marriage. Kim Kardashian says she's not getting married in 2013. It has nothing to do with the fact that last year she had a marriage to a guy for 72 days whose jersey was number 43. It has everything to do with the number 13. 2013. It's unlucky. Can't get married in 2013. Oprah, too, says she's afraid her relationship with Stedman Graham will be ruined if they get married. Even though they've been dating for 27 years, and Oprah recently described their relationship as being like an old married couple. So, you know, what's going to change, you know? You can just get a good prenup. Hey, a married couple willingly handcuffed themselves together for 48 hours for a YouTube video. Now, I don't know if it brought them closer together or not having to wash dishes while handcuffed, vacuum the house while handcuffed, eat dinner while handcuffed, juggling fruit while handcuffed. They are still married, though, so that's the good part. And finally, a couple that were born on the same day got married on the same day. Well, all married couples do. Then spent the next 75 years of marriage together, died one day apart. They even had joint memorial services. And they didn't need YouTube videos of them vacuuming handcuffed to stay together. And that's a look at marriage in the news. Marriage. Well done, Robbie. Well done, my friend. Um, man, 17 years getting divorced. If two law professors can't get divorce right in 17 years, who can? Well, I, to be fair, <laughs> I think they probably could have expedited 1200 it if they wanted to. See, but I think that's the point, is it tells us that it's not really the marriage. The thing they're trying to end is that the marriage isn't the problem. That thing could have died years ago. The, the, the agreement could have died years ago. The problem is... 
We need each other to be messed up sometimes. We need it to happen. So here's what we're going to quote. We're going to be leaving you on a quote, okay? Albert Schweitzer said, uh, Sometimes our light goes out, but is blown again into instant flame by an encounter with another human being. I believe the reason we are marrying, and um, if we can work through and have, you know, I mean, there's, there's always reasons why some marriages don't work. And, um, but there's also a lot of marriages, I believe, that could have worked if we would work the marriage. I think we need to blow up this idea that you just fall into love. And instead, I think we need to uh, get more clearly the idea in our marriages that marriage and love, is love especially, is something that we earn. It's something we work for. It's not just a feeling. It's not just this great moment. Um, it's something we have to learn to cultivate. So sometimes our lights go out, but it, sometimes also when we kind of encounter another human being, that person has the power to reignite our flame. Let's start working and serving for each other, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Our goal is to give you the tools to grow healthier, happier relationships. We'll be back again tomorrow. Let's take care of each other right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.